Hello everyone, this is Shan and welcome to yet another episode of the Ascend Academy podcast. Our mission is to bring you tools and inspiration from all around the globe which can help you ascend on this mountain of life. To guide our climb on the spiritual mountain, today we have with us the exceptional Zaheer Khan. Zaheer is a Sufi mystic, writer, speaker and the master of Mount Meta. After years, he's back for his second appearance on the show and what follows is a dialogue between two friends passionate about life. Without further ado, let's dive in. I want you to say, put it on record that I was continually in contact with you just (laughs) trying to get you on this. No, the last last two years. years. Has it been two years? Yeah, it's really been two years. No, you know what it is, you were just not saying the right things and stuff. You know, so I just had to, uh-huh. I, I literally, I wasn't there. Know. I wasn't there yesterday. That's what I realized. I wasn't there internally to say the right thing to you. I, now do I'm not, there do not I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I, I was traveling when you met me last, I was kind of coming towards the end of my traveling and, and the mm-hmm. last year or so to try and even get me out of Manchester is like the most amazing thing anybody can do. Like I'm literally turning down opportunities because I'm like, no, I just want to be in Manchester. So, and then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a great believer that these podcasts happen as and how they're meant to happen. Um, so, you know, although yeah. you were climbing, I was resting because I'd already reached the summit. So uh, I just thought I'll just wait for him to catch up. And, you know, you seem to be catching up. So I better like, you know, grant you another interview than in that case. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I want happening. to yeah. get into this one with you. It's because we both are coming from our pauses and we both are starting. It seems like a perfect time to do this for some reason. Yeah. So talk to me about these phases of silences, then speaking. Sometimes you go silent, then phase of actioning comes and you are out there. Like I was checking your YouTube. Okay. The last post is from a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Video. yeah. Um, there, there, fascinating. There, there was an And you were one time you were aggressive, you know, you were saying to me like my YouTube is growing so fast and and you just stop, like, fuck off, yes. I'm going in. Yes, because you, you've got to honor what's happening. I, I think we live, I mean, if you look at the South Africa industry, it's all about, you know, you know, keep doing, keep growing, keep, you know, like, keep pushing the boundaries. And I think that doesn't really take into account the whole idea of rest and reflection. And I think that's just as important because some of the insights we get when we're resting or reflecting can't happen when we're running around at 300 miles per hour. So what literally happened was I, my last video was a, a, was a joint talk that I did on the Isle of Man. And after that, there wasn't really a need to do anything. I was, I was actually really tired by that point. Um, when you walk into a room and you're having a really hard time talking to people, um, you know, something's gone wrong and it's not because you can't do the talk. It's just, you, you know, you know, you need to rest. And, and what happened was about December last year, Christmas Eve, to be specific, I'm sitting with a friend and I said, that's it, I've stopped. I'm, I'm not going to be traveling anymore. Um, came back to Manchester and then I've just been here since then. And recently what's happening is this whole idea of mm. just backing away from people. And the reason for backing away from people is I think when we're on this whole climb, um, we don't really take any time for ourselves. There's no such a thing as self-care or any self-love. And then what can happen is that we don't have boundaries as well. So our boundaries get breached. And then mm-hmm. what happens then is because we're so available, our content isn't really appreciated. 
because you know that person's just going to be there. Um, and then Makes sense. really with, with reflection, you know, what's really lovely is I've been doing this 15 years or so. You know, I woke up 15 years ago and I've never really had a time where I can just sit here and think about the subject matter that I'm, I'm speaking about um, because it's just been frenetic talk after talk after talk disappearing coming back and so it, it's what matters now is an actual conversation like an actual conversation about what this reality is and I think that's when you can put out content with, which really matters I think we've all gone through that phase of we come out we want to put out content we want to be known I think it works better when we just back off and we allow the world to just come to us instead um, but to do that we have to rest as we actually actually are which is what brought us together for a podcast two years ago um but to me it doesn't feel like much time has elapsed since then um because time in itself is illusory it's whether we can experience that so in in that place of now um it, it all just collapses so you know we're we're just where we are it makes perfect sense what happens inside you right i'm still trying to understand that thing and sometimes because a lot of us as you said we are into personal development and all that and climbing is like yeah that's the anthem let's climb keep climbing whatnot yeah but sitting down fills us up with a lot of anxiety a lot of fear like people think climbing is hard sitting down is harder yes so and yet sitting down is where the answers are because the anxiety comes from the fact that you're going to have to visit the one person you don't want to visit, which is you. And if I'm occupying myself in, the, in this idea of growth and this idea of achievement, then that can provide a comfort to me and allow me not to have to look at what has caused that. Because the whole self-help industry is, is presupposed on the idea that something's broken and something needs to be fixed. And in sitting, we recognize nothing needs to be fixed. There's just an acceptance, but the acceptance can cause anxiety because if we accept ourselves as we truly are, our, our stories don't have value and meaning. And we do love our stories and we do love our pain and our suffering um, because it gives us something to do. And what happens if there's nothing to do? And if we can accept that there's nothing to do, then what can what can occur is when we then do need to do something, we move in alignment with life. Why do we feel like a failure then when we are not doing anything if it's that? Conditioning. We've been conditioned into this whole idea. We have to do something. We have to put our power outside ourselves to an educational system or to peer groups um, or to parents. And in all of that, we miss ourselves. So then this idea that something's missing occurs at some point because it's come from this idea of individuality that something's separated. And then, yes, we, we, we then try to plug that hole, so to speak. You know, we, we use a variety of methods. You know, we can have the destructive ones of drink, drugs. We can have the positive ones, I suppose, of, you know, really looking at ourselves and trying to fix ourselves, but they're all a waste until we accept who we are. So it's, an, it's, it's actually an exercise in futility because there isn't an intelligence there. And the intelligence comes from actually accepting yourself because then what you can do is you can actually look at your life almost dispassionately and go, okay, what needs improving here? What impression am I giving off? What am I saying here? And that creates a real intimacy with yourself as you are. 
literally down to almost in a sense a cellular level because you're then connected because you're accepting who you are that's where it really works um up until then if i tell you that there's something broken then that's where i have to give you my methodology and that's something that we touched upon the other day the whole idea of going to teachers and gurus well we do something similar when we read that 21 days to a new you book or we we look at i don't know some philosophical approach or some methodology what we fail to realize is that we're being conditioned to give our power away and it's whether we can stop that and say okay how am i actually hearing this and taking ownership of the, and the fact the that you're time, hearing it the way you want yeah the last time when we talked you said your own journey started with this belief you had this belief earlier that i was somehow broken and you were exploring a lot and then you you know mm. went to gurus and what not and and you also said that the problem with self help is the assumption that something needs to be fixed mm. that was the realization right? let's play with the argument the that industry... needs to be fixed let's play with the assumption that nothing needs to be fixed right now yeah let's let's examine this statement nothing needs to be fixed mm-hmm. so 5 years ago i was suffering immensely mm-hmm. uh it took you know countless years of suffering since childhood mm-hmm. to be diagnosed with bipolar disorder mm-hmm. and uh, me being you know kind of foolish Mm. Uh, everything like everyone will not do that but i didn't never went back to the psychiatrist after he diagnosed me and i yeah just yeah log my, log myself mm. into a room mm. and kind of self diagnosed myself mm. like okay i'm going to reject psychiatry mm. i'm going to reject spirituality mm. i'm going to reject mm. you know what my parents are saying and i'm going to look at it and i sat mm. for hours and hours and hours but as you are saying that nothing is wrong but my whole search started with fuck something feels really really fucked up that, that's something life trying really, to really get you to wrong. pay attention because the same thing happened to me i had my life completely planned out you know i i literally knew where i was going to be in the next 5 to 10 years it was that simple um and then there was a series of events which which just literally catapulted me from seriously confident to seriously insecure and everything's going horribly wrong um and it was life trying to grab my attention and it's whether we'll we'll grab uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll pay attention it's like rumi states the wound is where the light enters and it's whether we'll accept our suffering and that acceptance of suffering in its totality suffering dies because it then has no emotional charge there there isn't any resistance to it there isn't somebody who is suffering from something and in that sense it, there's no emotional charge and it dissipates and then we just see us as well so when we are going through this what life is really saying is I'm offering you an opportunity to know yourself and in that knowing yourself you realize you're not separate from anything so although the stories can sound really horrendous and really horrific if you focus on that person as being infinite consciousness what you find is the stories dissipate so a good example is that is when a woman came up to me and started like almost pitifully saying i'm suffering i'm suffering i'm suffering 10 minutes later the idea of suffering had gone 
because it was constantly questioned, so you're suffering. And what we'll find is if we can actually sit with it, we'll realize we're not actually suffering. That which is doesn't suffer, doesn't know any of this stuff, but the story does. And I think that's where that can sound a bit controversial because it's literally saying your pain isn't real. And that can create reactions, but where's a reaction happening? The story that's looking to keep itself going. And that's why a lot of people that will talk about acceptance, will talk about, um, you know, being who we truly are and everything, but these are sound bites. The actual answer exists within you. You know, going back to what we've been talking about. So, yes, it's look at yourself. Accepting that suffering, you accept what is, and then you're free. And it is that immediate. But we're conditioned to to believe it's and not immediate. There has to be a process. So there are. It's very hard to understand because when you say nothing needs to be fixed, it just feels like nothing needs to be healed or nothing needs to be changed or things. You know, just exactly. So is it that? But, but what am I referring to? I'm not referring to a story. I'm referring to you as you actually truly are. That which created the incident that felt it needed healing, that got you on this supposed journey. It's like traveling home only to realize you're home. And the mind can't grasp You're saying uh, that I think this statement is so nothing needs to be fixed with me. That's the whole statement. Something is wrong with me and something broken. So if it was never broken, and that's what you're saying, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know it's complete. The stories, the story, in the, the story, story is pain broken. and suffering. Yeah, the, no, no. In the story, exactly. you're saying, of pain what are the, what is the story I'm telling about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that story what, I'm yeah, telling? Yeah, what, what's the narrative me? you're playing to yourself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I'm because it. because in that narrative, mm-hmm. oh my God, there's pain, there's suffering, there's there's an idea of healing going on, there's a podcast happening. And and in that podcast, you're you're literally interviewing yourself. You're literally looking for yourself. You're hearing every one of your guests talking, but you're hearing it within you. If you can take ownership of that, you can then let that go. Anytime like I project slightly that, outwards, yeah. No, far away. Sorry. Wake driving the wake driving the ship, kind of you know that philosophy. Mm. Like ship makes wake, but wake is not driving the ship. But the way we are living life often. And that was maybe a key realization for me was mm. that past is driving my, mm. you know, like what I'm doing right now. It's mm. you're all connected this. to my, and that's you're saying that yeah. you're living by that story. You're, you're creating and this. this is your story you're playing out right now. Exactly. Which is nothing my, can be fixed because I can't go back in my it's, past. It's a story. It's so a story. Nothing. It's a story. Can you accept that? And if you can, then it just, it just goes. Oh, you, you know, you're still going to get up in the morning and you're still going to have to brush your teeth and you're still going to have to go out and earn some money and things like that. But there's no sense of actual attachment to that story. And in that sense, the story offers a massive amount of freedom because that which is prior to story, the story prior to the mind then sees there's a vastness here, which basically means everything is always fresh and new. And in that sense, infinite possibility exists. However, if I say that this is my story and mm. this is the way it's got to be and it's got to be fixed. I am limiting my possibilities. 
because of the fact that I'm trying to keep a certain narrative in play. What happens if there is no narrative? This is why I woke up one morning and I literally was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I didn't feel like deleting anything, left a YouTube channel. And I remember talking to a friend and he was like, well, I suppose this will be your first retirement. And for the next couple of months, I did one interview, which we just managed to just about salvage, um, and then disappeared again. Literally wandered around the UK, going to lots of shows, meeting friends, still talking about this, but not in some kind of a structured way, because there wasn't that need to do that. Then there was this period of introspection. People started coming here. There's a group. I work with people individually as well as like in, in a group format, but I'll only do whatever the moment demands. And then, you know, we've been speaking and yes, it's been two years in the making. Um, and yet here we are, but it's different now. Never gonna let that go. Yeah. You know, well, our, our last interview was, was absolutely crazy. It was like two really excited guys talking about stuff, but there seems to be something slower and, and so much more serene here, I suppose. Yeah, and and I I think most of us will listen to you and what you said, including me. If I would have listened to you two years ago when we talked first, mm -hmm. I would miss what you just said. The idea of infinite possibilities existing, and they are just evaporating if you are living by your story, your past, or yes. that narrative yes. in your head. This is a, such a profound idea. And we have to know. Of like... we're, we're conditioned to know. And yet here, there is only this not knowing. And not knowing means that we have that joy of discovery, which makes everything so much more beautiful. It's it, our, our lives move between knowing and not knowing. But we're conditioned that we need to know. And because we need to know, we need to follow a certain thing, we could be closing off to so many possibilities on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. So if we can embrace the fact that we don't know, that's when it gets interesting. Yeah, exactly. Then that's all the doors open up, you know, kind of reality just opens yes. up to you. Until then, you're just living and, by that identity and that person will not do a lot of things and yes the moment you happen like this happen there's an infinite possibility that's so true and we'll get into it later in the podcast i'll come back to this this is a really fascinating idea okay and there's another thing which we have between us and i would love to introduce other people sure through this podcast yeah that would be great. stay meta <laughs> yeah we're going to turn Something. that viral at some point Say, yeah yeah, it's gonna. It has to go viral, man. Mm -hmm. That's something which should go viral it, it, rather it, than it goes viral when you this. go viral. It, it literally goes viral when you go yes. viral. But for that, you have to let go of this idea. And what I mean by this idea is that there's a story of somebody trying to do something. Because what happens then is, it's what you're doing is you're saying I don't want to, you know, embrace all these different things that could possibly happen in the next moment. So. Like I said, I got up one morning and it just didn't feel right to do this anymore. And some of the ideas I'm talking about now must have been bubbling away underneath the surface, but needed some time to, to come out. You know, I don't feel that anybody, any speaker, any teacher is ever fully complete. I think there's always that evolution. And we, we get used to that fact that we don't know. We get used to the idea of change. And that is 
amazing it's incredible because it allows us to have experience in, in the last year or so that i've not really been around i've i've been meeting people having experiences that i never thought i would ever have um and some have been downright you scary. know there is an immense hmm. there is an immense amount of truth to what you're saying hmm. i have to acknowledge that yeah but you know where the real struggle begins so it sounds good in theory in practicality yeah. also it happens so it's not that we haven't experienced it ideas is coming yeah. through us the right timing of yeah. things happening sometimes yeah. we not you know just yeah no matter how much we try to fill up that page words are not coming out mm. at that point mm. of time mm. exactly so there's an immense amount of, amount of truth to that but where the confusion happens most of us are immensely lazy anyways we don't want to do things okay we don't want to go to the gym or we don't want to write we don't want to sit down or we don't don't want to record the podcast or produce mm. these you know mm. scheduled do things in scheduled version mm. it's very hard to maybe it comes with experience i don't know but it, it's very hard to point out when we are just being lazy and when it's not the right time so how do you it's when we it's when we can accept that you're being lazy laziness creates a resistance oh my god i need to be doing something how All about <laughs> how about if i just let myself be lazy and let myself rest then i'll i'll give you an example i i remember doing a talk in london years years ago and at the end of the talk i was like i've got nothing to say and um what i should have done at that moment in time was saying right guys i'm taking a break i'm going to go do some normal things now and instead mm-hmm. i jumped on a plane mm-hmm. went to the balkans did a load of meetings and it wasn't really honoring what i really want to do which was just to stop just to stop and i think sometimes laziness we we need to put a label on it we can transcend laziness i suppose that's a wrong choice of word but it just came out we we can learn to let go of laziness by accepting it first the whole thing here is about acceptance and in that sense it becomes a very practical way of being if i'm lazy then i beat myself up and then i beat myself up that laziness just compounds and gets longer and longer and longer and then that cycle of beating yourself up gets deeper and deeper you know you go in a downward spiral and then what happens is the story takes on more meaning you know if i get up one morning and i don't want to do anything i i don't do anything and i've learned to trust that and what i found then is that the right opportunities the right things have come along and in that sense we're then working very 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 efficiently so if i look at my life over the last 7 8 years i've achieved more living like this than i did when i was climbing being corporate you know really chasing everything and yes nothing was happening when when it was that stopping and then just letting life come here yeah, that's when it becomes different and that's where the conversations become different as well like i know we've not really got into this now we're just playing with some really simple ideas you know and one of them is to actually look at why we feel we're lazy or look at some of these things that we generally acknowledge to be truth they may not be but then that takes us into realms of societal conditioning our conditioning yeah and what we find is that if we can sit there with these uncomfortable ideas our narrative starts crumbling and we start achieving things we could never have achieved which is why i, I don't know if you look at some of the great philosophers of their time they may have only done a little bit but they remembered eternally so what that basically means is they they sat there with real efficiency 
which means waiting for that moment. But there has to be a trust to wait for that moment. You have to trust that life will take care. I, I really admire your, you know, honesty and authenticity, sincerity to what you are doing, not to the mm. audience, mm. not to some book, but to what you are doing. And that when you, like that ability to just go off, yeah, it's like superhuman, you know. It's 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 really about it's really about honoring yourself as well. So it's really about taking care of yourself as well. I'll I'll give you an example. I've I've got a, a Buddhist teacher who comes to to talks, and you know he said something to me. He goes, you know, you don't really pander to the audience or to the crowd, but true compassion is not to pander and to speak the truth repeatedly, because I think you know we we've got some really weird ideas about compassion. And in that sense, we don't really understand compassion. Compassion is that if there is this reality happening here, it's you want to share that. And you don't want to share it from the viewpoint of I know something you don't know because that's open and we, you know, we're, we're seeing where that goes. But literally saying, reminding people that this is your actual reality. So what then happens is, is a very efficient conversation. And what I mean by very efficient conversation is that you're literally always in a state of excellence. So everything that the self-help industry is pointing to is actually occurring in people naturally. And it's sometimes about just stilling the mind and, and just slowing down and being able to recognize that. So this infinite potential exists in you. Have you been able to just sit? And okay, first, you know, you, you, you'll have the anxiety, hold on, I need to be doing something. Can you sit with uncomfortableness? Because what you'll find is everything passes. So the anxiety at some point will go. And it really is about treating yourself with the utmost respect and the utmost gentleness. And I think we don't do that. We brutalize ourselves. And, and that creates the problems that we have. Because we're so busy trying to be a certain way or act a certain way. I, I found that the more I'm just taking care of me, it's amazing. I used to be the B-side in every single conversation I ever had. And now it's like people want to to listen to what I've got to say, but that doesn't then make me go, oh my God, I'm something really important. There's then a humility. And then there's a real wanting to explore this topic. What exactly is being pointed to? What has brought us two together? You know, what are we what are we talking about? Because it almost appears like I'm on the opposite side of the South Up industry. But I think the South Up industry is a misnomer because South, it basically means point inwards, but it's pointing us outwards into a methodology or something, which, you know, that's what causes the problems. The invitation, life is constantly inviting oh, we, So there is self-help industry just making us believe that there's something wrong with ourselves. Then well, there's we something to do, isn't utilizing there? Ourselves. Uh, 21 days to a new you, and there's never been a new you. Or, or I don't know, some sort of healing modality which is limited because it was created in mind. There are also so many, you know, distractions out there. So many, you know, not really, not really, and... not really. So, so what I mean by that is talk, that talk to me about that. Yeah. What I mean by that is that if your peace is dependent on a meditation mat, or your peace is dependent on that modality then you've not really looked at yourself if however you know who you truly are what you'll find is that this piece and i'll use that term although it's probably not correct is 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 there wherever whatever's going on in the world so you can be in the middle of a war zone but who you truly are is still there and that same who you truly are can be sitting there in a meditation hall as well 
So what's the thing that never changes, never comes, never goes, is unshakable. And that's who you actually are. That's what's being talked to. Yeah, that's what's being referred to. I'm referring to a natural way of being that we all exist in. Yes, our conditioning and these ideas may be obscuring it, but it's still there. It is what's been guiding you all your life. And it's not separate from anything else. The people who are struggling, either they look to self-help, yeah. either they look into spirituality. So yeah. They are often in pain. They often have a belief that there is something wrong with me. Yeah. And they want to change. They are good, nice people looking to do good, nice mm. things in the world. Mm. But they waste enormous amount of time, energy, and money yes. in reading countless books, mm. going to countless seminars, mm. countless speakers, spiritual teachers, mm. motivational mm. gurus, mm. and mm. you know who knows what. Mm. The only thing happens is a dopamine high while they are there. Yes. And that fades away very quick. So you so feel like you're making change. So, so don't pander to yeah, story. But nothing happens at the end. So what mm. they are doing wrong? Because I know a lot of people come to you as well. So what I, do you think they are doing wrong? I think they don't they're not bad they don't people in any sense. No, 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 not, not at all. I don't think they realize they need themselves. That the actual person that they need to meet is themselves. So I have a little game I play in my talks and I say, look, I can give you the name of a guru. You can guarantee your enlightenment, bliss, on tap, whatever you're looking for. It's all going to be there. And everybody just looks at me like, then what are we doing sitting in your talk? And I'm like, no, trust me, this guy is really, really good. And what happens is, you know, it builds up. And then I say, yeah, so everyone's there. Get your pens out, get your phone out. I'll tell you the name, I'll give you the phone number. Then you say it's you. And the collective disappointment, you just watch the room drop. Um, all methodologies are designed to fail. All teachers are designed to fail. And that realization that they're never going to help me has to occur in you. And you will go through untold suffering before you will accept that. Because to accept that the solution lies within you means becoming responsible in the truest sense of the word. In other words, I'd say, say the book stops here. There's nowhere else to go. Every talk that you've ever gone to, you've heard the way you've wanted to hear it. Every healing modality you've done. When you've suffered enough, I suppose, because your story is going to hang on. It's going to hang on. Remember, this story, you've given this story control over your life. It's going to hang on. It's going to tell you that, look, no, this is wrong. That healing modality is wrong. That teacher is wrong. Yeah, I know they're saying it's all an inward journey, but you'll never take it. And the reason you won't take it is because, you know, on some level, your narrative disappears. And we so love our stories. There are some people who realize that that guy doesn't have my answers. It's actually me. You know, there was a guy who came to a talk a couple of months ago and there was a bit where he went, oh my God, I'm looking for myself, but I'm already here. And he just laughed his head off, never came into a talk ever again because he literally realized that all of this is going to fail. This is designed to fail. This is designed to get to the point where you just go, oh my God, I'm sick and tired of this. I've heard the same stuff, the same jokes, the same stories. It's getting boring. And then there's that realization. That's why I that, stopped doing yeah, podcasts. It's just that realization that, oh, no, okay, so I do know where I've got to go. 
And that's a bit where you can either hide or you go, okay, let me pick another book or let me find another teacher. When it gets difficult, that's when you're meant to go, okay, let me embrace this difficulty because that difficulty is occurring in you. That's where the possibility of finding out who you are exists. So when this idea of seeking died, it was a meeting myself. And it was the most beautiful things because I could just relax. I could be myself. And if we really think about it, if we to really examine this, how many times are we actually ourselves? We're not. We're playing a variety of roles during the day. Um, you know, I'm either the son, the husband, the father, the grandfather, you know, whatever, the nephew, the, you know, the cousin, whatever. In that time, when do you get time to yourself? And, and maybe you get a few seconds before you go to bed, just as your eyes shut. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, you know, so we're not really, we're not really taking our journeys if we want to say there's a journey in an intelligent way, because it always has to be about you. When I see a guru and I think he knows something, I'm certainly giving my power away to him, but I'm going to ask myself, why have I chosen to do that? Because if I've chosen to give this benevolent figure on a stage my power, I can also take it back. But that basically means I have the idea of choice now. It also means that I have the idea of responsibility and we're conditioned not to take responsibility because we've been conditioned to look outside ourselves. Somebody knows, somebody else knows. What we're not admitting to ourselves is that we actually know because the possibilities of that are endless. And the narrative then becomes, it's not static then. It's not, I'm a guy from this family, from this societal, you know, like class, it changes and it, it mutates because what you find is the moment is not static. It's, it's constantly evolving and there's constant insight. There's constant subtleties there as well. So we can say the same thing and then have the same conversation years later and hear something completely different. So we're literally having the same conversation we had all those years ago, but we, we're honoring the fact that there's been a two year gap. We've changed as people. You know, you've, you've had your pause. I've had my pause and now it feels right. But then maybe that's what we've got to be talking about, about asking people to trust themselves. For some people, this podcast is going to make perfect sense. For some people, it's going to completely trigger them. Examine your trigger. Examine what's making you react here. Instead of reaching for that next book or that next podcast, go, I'm irritated. Why am I irritated? And what you'll then find is you don't need the podcast. You don't need the book. You realize you are self-sufficient. Self-actualization doesn't depend on a book or a methodology, but we've got to get to that point. So. Do we need teachers? Yes, until we realize we don't need them. But here's the important thing, until we realize. So in that sense, we're sovereign and we're empowered. And it's about reclaiming that. That's where actualization occurs. It's actually me. And everything at the end, everything is telling something about you. So everything is a mirror in itself. Even even the bad ones, even the fake ones, they're mirror to yes. yourself. They're yes. just... Yes. So ideas which are sticking when it's, they are coming from somebody else's mouth and the ideas you find, whoa, mm. he said, right. Mm. What What's happening is there was a belief in your head and he just confirmed your belief. Well, like, well you just said something. When really, it got this, you said something really amazing. You said, whoa. And what I mean by that is where did the whoa occur? It didn't occur outside you. It occurred within you. Where did the insight occur? Within you. Where did the woe occur? And this is so funny that we're using the word woe. Where did the woe occur? 
And if you can accept that it occurred there, like, so I ask people, what You're adding you? words to the stay meta Bible. <laughs> That's it. Just, whoa, sit with the world. And it may be uncomfortable. It may cause anxiety because it, it might cause that, oh my God, oh no, I've just realized it's me. Then if you can't sit Behind with the, the totem, bro. yeah, just keep coming back to that place until you recognize it, you realize you're familiar yeah. with it and you realize it's you. And you realize it's not scary. And you realize it's sovereign onto itself but doesn't need anything. And then explore that territory yes. as well. So in that sense, an acceptance of self is, is, is continual. It's that gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. And the way, the way you said it, it, it all, that, that was the greatest realization of 2023, that freedom begins with taking responsibility. So when I was young, I used to believe that as much as you can fuck up your life, you can just let go of responsibility, just go out there, yeah. you know, yeah. chill out, have sex, smoking, drugs, yeah. right? Bikes fast and whatnot. <laughs> I've done yeah. all of it. Everything in the books of rebellion, I've yes. done, including tattoos, mm. right? Mm. So I believed that the last year I realized, fuck, the real freedom, the truest sense, mm. you know, freedom in its truest sense. You get there by taking responsibility and it just starts to with be. taking responsibility of yourself. It's just to be. How hard is just being? How hard is just being? It's effortless. It requires nothing. It, it requires absolutely nothing. And in that sense, if we want to even, you know, if we want to get technical about it, it's our true meditative state. But even that's a complication. Because what you'll find is there's such an immediacy that most ideas and theories collapse. And in that sense, what happens is it just becomes almost self-governing. But there is, there is that compassion, there's that humility, but these aren't, or, and there's that gratitude, and these aren't things that have to be, you know, be practiced. Like you said, you know, the self-help industry and everything is, is, is like a mirror. But whose reflection are you seeing in the mirror? And you see your face, you don't see somebody else's face, and it's like saying, there you go, there's your answer. And the immediacy confounds the mind, and it creates... A resistance and it creates a non-acceptance and it creates like over-analyzing and it creates all of that because the story is there to be the story. The mind is there to create, the mind is there to think, the mind is there to do all of these things. But you are prior to that mind. It's like an analogy I use. So we don't need gurus, basically. We, we don't need anybody. We else. don't we need all of it until we realize. But still we you don't give talks how we how we explain because I'm I'm, I'm, give, I'm well like one of right? the things I say in my talks is I'm I'm trying to make myself redundant here. So I'm doing this so I don't need to do this. My my job is to, I'm just there to tell you that I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna fail for you. And can you accept that? I mean, can you go to that person? So my point is the whole point of me doing these talks is to point back to you. I even use the, the term teacher, even though it's a misnomer. I mean, it's the height of arrogance to assume that I can teach you. I can't teach you. Maybe my job is really just as a caretaker. I open a door, I open a room, people come and they sit there. And then after a while, they go, all right. So really what you're saying is it's just me. Yeah, it's just you. Okay, what what, what do you say to these gurus? Like, for example, Sadhguru and all these <laughs> gurus out there who just give them mantras and... They're, you know, they're, they're, kind they're, of they're, they're literally, they're doing what they're meant to be doing, which is they're, they're there to fail people. They're there to fail people. If, 
it's it's like this the, the the idea well the term guru means taking you from darkness into light when you take that person into light you're not needed anymore so really it's about redundancy and sometimes some of these guys play up so Sadhguru is like you know the guy at the moment you know he's on his motorbike going across america and meeting will smith and his family and people like that it's all just a drama it's it, it's like that shakespearean quote you know in the end it's just a tale told by a fool full of sound and fury signifying nothing and it's really to show you that all of that's nothing but that can sound almost like a spiritual bypass so you're telling me my suffering is not real if the suffering is valid i'll sit with you but i'll sit with you to help you realize that you know you can be free of it to eliminate it so to speak so the only idea of you know is is there a need for a teacher there is because you think there's a need for a teacher when you realize there's no need for a teacher there's no teacher so what I'm, what I find is when people like start meeting billions, themselves, billions and billions. What you're saying is so counterintuitive. Billions and billions of people every day see gurus, religion, guru temple, and yes. all that. And you're saying you're meant to seek needed. yourself. You're meant to seek yourself. You're meant to meet yourself. If God exists inside you, what are you looking outside for? If this conversation is occurring in your head, if that wow moment that we've just had occurred in you. Well, then, then, yeah, whoa, how's it outside you? Even, even the way you're hearing this is occurring in you. So I could be talking about apples. And because you're hearing bananas, that, yeah. that, that's you. Can you take responsibility for that? And then also play with that because we're conditioned that we've got to act a certain way or be a certain way. You're, you're right. You know, I don't really pander to crowds. I just, for some strange reason, this interview was coming out like this. And yet there was one a couple of days ago and it was completely different. We have to just accept what has happened in the moment. And what we'll then find is some people will like us, some people won't like us. I can pretty much mm -hmm. hazard a guess and say that most of your guests would probably listen to us and say, no, I don't think so. But then the weirdest thing is you even use the world as well. So once upon a time, I used to be there, do talks, everything, and it was all for nothing, and that was great. Now money is being charged, there's organization, people travel in. You know, we're looking at retreats and all that stuff. And it's all to say this will all fail you. But there is something that will not fail you. You, And the sooner you can realize that, the sooner you can be free of this nonsense. So that's what occurred to me and that's what I'm passing on, which is you don't need this. But what happens is people are terrified. They will hold on to that book or that teaching or that guru till they are blue in the face. Until they really can't hold anymore then they'll let go. So your job is to literally make them let go a lot faster. So I say to people, you're going to love me, you're going to hate me, I'm going to trigger you, I'm going to do all of this, I'm going to tell you right now I'm going to do all of this. And I'm still going to do it, you're still going to have those reactions, because human nature is almost patentable now. And that's where we enter into the realms of an actual psychology, not this nonsense that you're hearing at the moment. Because this nonsense is limited. I, I meet a lot of mental health professionals, and I remember meeting one, and he committed this young man. So he came and he committed him, because six months later I'm having those same symptoms. And a lot of therapists now and counselors are starting to see that we're using very limited approaches to try to diagnose things which are unlimited. There is a con constant evolution in us as people. So how can any spiritual approach or any you know, therapeutic approach or any kind of counseling actually define you? It can't. It's limited. And that's where we see the, the increasing separation in society because we're, we're too busy and too quick to label. And I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking to a lot of younger people now and it's terrifying because they're being labelled. 
And when we examine those labels, we find those labels don't hold. So I remember a young man telling me that he had depression. And then he told me the same, almost in the same sentence that, you know, he didn't trust his doctor. So you're willing to, you don't trust your doctor, but you're willing to take on this whole role of I'm, I'm depressed. How do you know it's true? You told me you didn't trust the doctor, but you somehow trusted in there. So we've got to go into the whole, why does a mind work the way it works? Because a mind will create these little counter traps, but then we can then take that further and kind of go, why is this happening? We can sometimes look at some conscious programming and say, okay, our subconscious program is designed to keep us safe. And, and if I try and move out of that, it's going to create these situations. And that's something I've, I've seen in my own journey. You know, I, I come from a working class family, but now I move entirely in, in different circles and it's been really, really hard, but I can see how my subconscious programming has limited me. So it's about, in a sense, being, you know, really mindful, being really watchful as to what's occurring. Ask yourself, what is the impression I'm giving off? Actually look at yourself, you know, and you could look at yourself as in the clothes I wear, the relationships I keep, the people I look at. And then you can start going, okay, right, well, I can see why I'm being treated this way because I do this. And then we can take steps to sort of say, well, okay, I, I, I don't want to do this. But that's when, again, we go into realms of patterns and, and why people do what they do. And as that strips away, what's left is who we truly are. So really a conversation can be multifaceted just to get us to that point of zero, that point of just, this is it, realization, whatever you want to call it. So that's the only reason anybody would come to see me, to have a conversation. But in that conversation, possibly to realize that the story is not real. And you would be absolutely shocked at what can be holding a person back. So I remember talking to this man who came to a talk and for about four or five hours he told me about all the meditation and all the gurus he sat with and all of it. It was great. It was absolutely wonderful. So we're going back and forth. And at the, at the end, just in this moment of tiredness or vulnerability, he just went, it's my living situation. That's why he was actually there. He wasn't able to identify it. And in that moment, he was talking for the next 10 minutes. I remember anything he said. His life completely changed. And it completely changed because he himself, and this is the important part, he himself had acknowledged the contraction that was keeping him down. And that's what it is. If we, we will go through our pain and our suffering and our seeking and we'll go to the ends of the earth until that realization hits us that, oh my God, none of this is going to work. I've got to go to that place I don't really want to go, which is me. And, and we will make up any manner of story. So what you do is you just kind of go, you need to go where you are. And so in that sense, what can happen is when I'm talking to people, it can trigger people. People do have reactions. But then you say your bit and then you step back and you allow that conversation to catch up. So if you really think about it, a conversation that occurred two years ago is now being continued now. But there's, there, there's a point where, okay, I'm speaking, but there's a point where there won't be a need to speak because we'll see that what is here is there, what is there is here. It's actually one reality. And that creates this compassion because you're only ever meeting yourself. Whether, whether it's spirituality, psychiatry, self-help, all of these, you know. They all point back domains. to the same thing. And, and they're all just terms at the end of the day. And they all, they all have their, they all have their keywords. Yeah, of They course. all have their labels yes. you know which are useful to an extent it's like it that allows us to have a conversation in the first place it gives us but reference they all points, limit yeah. us at yes. the end 
Yeah, at the end, that, that's what I'm saying. Something limited. limited is trying to understand something unlimited. You're using limited methods to know something that's unlimited. It's not going to happen. So that's why all these approaches are designed to fail. You know, Jung will go at it from a certain direction, Freud will go at a certain direction, Gestalt will go a certain way, Karl will just go a certain way. It's limited. When we can recognize that, we can just let it go. So then we just... Why lose. we can't let it go? I'll, oh, because... I'll tell you from a personal experience. We love it. We love no, this. no. Yeah. Go on. It's not love. Yeah. It's, no, I mean, we love the story. Man. Yeah. That, immense. That's what I'm saying. We love the story yes. immensely. And it's a, there's an immense amount of fear inside us mm. of losing identity. Like, if if I'm not this, then who I am? Like, you've even never had if we can't get the... You've never had identity. And what I mean by you've never had identity is that identity wasn't even real. Look at it that way. That identity wasn't even real. You are defending something that isn't that? even you. Is it real? Is the story real? No, because the story has a beginning, middle, and an end. So what you're defending isn't actually real. It's, it's, it's apparent. It's literally an illusion, but what's real? So true identity comes from resting as you actually are. Because then you know who you are. If you know who you are, then you know who your actual identity is. If there's a story that you're trying to defend, which is built almost like a castle, you know, sandcastles, it's just going to dissipate. So that's where the question, who are you, is so important. Like, who are you? Okay, if you take away your stories and your labels and everything, and you, you find that which actually is, or you recognize that which actually is, you'll realize that most of this stuff. You know, if, if I go by that, my identity is... It is is stuck. It's literally. I have to then identify that identity. You know, I sort of have to defend that identity. Whereas if it's not static and it's flowing, then it can change. And in that sense, identity becomes something really incredible. The last time we talked, you you said the Maslow hierarchy of needs is other way around the yeah. self actualization yeah. and the question who am I should be in the forefront of education. Have you, if you really think about it, so-called spiritual approaches, and I'll just use the word spirituality, were the original educational system. That's why universities came into existence. These were schools of realization. Somewhere along the line, people didn't wake up. So what they did is they created these static methods. Because somebody along the way didn't want to do the work. I was, I was at the, the University of Manchester about a month or two. I had the most delightful talk there. It was wonderful, these young minds really grappling what life is, but are they really grappling with it or are they just parroting what they've read or they've heard? In that sense, have we ever had an original thought? Have we, and the way we have original thoughts is to allow it to emanate from us. Then we see the limitedness of everything. So we see the limitedness of language. We see how really this reality is paradoxical and it can't be encapsulated in that sense freedom is really free and then we find that there's no parameters for it so like one of the questions i ask is does the ocean need to know it's the ocean and the obvious answer is no the ocean probably doesn't know it's the ocean and in that sense this nameless formless place is who we really are and it's just open for exploration constantly does the lion suffers with self-esteem issues exactly no, probably does it probably does it what, what i'm saying is we've used, I'm, I'm, really, I'm so glad you said i'm so glad you said that because that's what i'm saying we have used labels to bind ourselves over the lion doesn't know what self-esteem is but the very 
putting down on this reality. You know, if you look at spiritual traditions, they were oral traditions. Myself as well, we've written books about this. And the minute we got something like language, we used it to bind ourselves down. Language is dualistic. It implies a you and me. And yet we realize that it's actually mm-hmm. just one. So, you know, we just play. We just play in that place. Yeah. When I asked you last time the difference between real and fake spirituality, you said the real teacher always points back to you. Yes. And you also said the real teacher will say, always test what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. You, speak a little bit about you, that? You, you don't need to listen to everything I'm saying. You know, you know I, I, I joke around with people. Sometimes on my talks, you know, they'll, they'll be saying something and I'll be like, yeah, but who's been on the podcast? Who's famous? <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's, there's this whole thing about, you know, like you walk to a room and you leave your mind and your stories at the door. I say, no, take your critical faculties with you. If you think that the guy doesn't know what he's talking about, then walk away. Or what you can do is kind of say, okay, why is he triggering me? And again, examine it. In other words, always bring mm-hmm. it back to you. It has to come back to you. Otherwise, what happens is, it, you know, Say, for example, tomorrow morning I wake up and say, oh, I don't know, for the sake of like, you know, I don't know, my band balance, I'm now going to create a situation where I'm going to say, I know something that you guys don't know. Then, yeah, great, the band balance is going to increase and everything, and that's wonderful. But what's going to happen is I'm going to create this culture of dependency. And the whole point here is when people turn up, they want to be dependent on you because they believe you know something. The job is to make them as independent as humanly possible, but that realization has to occur within them. So you can't even say you're independent of me now. They've got to realize that themselves. That's what education was about, about helping empower us to become actualized to our actual potential and then go into society. That's where spirituality becomes very, very practical. If we look at some of the greatest advances in science, they were from people who were deeply, deeply spiritual. That, That film Oppenheimer, which came out, And although it was controversial at the beginning, but Oppenheimer was a student of the Bhagavad Gita, but read it in the original Sanskrit. And upon, you know, like when they exploded the bomb, he literally quoted a verse from, you know, the the, the Bhagavad Gita, which was, you know, I have become a destroyer of worlds. I am war, I have become a destroyer of worlds. But you can see that that philosophy really impacted him, but not from the point of it was something that was separate from it, you can see it was almost experiential, it was guiding him. And the thing is, whether we can take these principles, internalize them, or better still, because that can still create a dependency, recognize this and say, ah, it's actually me. So there isn't a need to internalize, but really just to accept that this is occurring in me. All of this is pointing back to you. Every approach points back to you. So the question is, who are you? Again, it goes back to who are you? Yeah. yeah, how, like, my filter when it comes to talking to people, or let's say real or mm. fake, yeah. you know, people out there is a real teacher is like an ocean. So you go stand by an ocean, first of all, you're, you know, just amazed by the vastness of it. Mm. But you're also afraid at the same time because mm. it's so fucking vast and it's presenting yourself it's making you uncomfortable yeah, yeah. you know of course. so it's dangerous at the same time it's peaceful yes so that's, that's what makes it so attractive and that's what makes it so attractive that's what makes it dive in don't give out that secret yeah. man no no that's what oh, makes right. it attractive. sorry about this but that's where you dive in but then what you realize is you dived into who you are 
Exactly. It's 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 so paradoxical. The whole thing is so so paradoxical. Um, but it's yeah, it's 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 really funny you should say that because um, it just reminded me. Of, I I did a talk in Croatia years years ago, and what happened was it was off season and there was this luxury hotel near where I was speaking, mm-hmm. and it was one of these places where it was like a couple of hundred euros just to go sit on the beach, but it was empty, and you know they were like, oh yeah, just just use the place as as it's your own. So we'd we'd go to the beach every day and what was interesting because you mm-hmm. could see italy across the way um and you could see the italian outs and and i remember like just sitting there with this one guy and he wanted to go to india and he was like oh yeah i've got to go to india and i'm sitting next to him and saying, mm-hmm. yeah but india came to you but what was really beautiful was that was where that this realization that the ocean doesn't need to know it's the ocean it's just literally one huge mirror. Who is it reminding? But it's really beautiful because that's really just triggered really beautiful memory for me because I remember it just, you know, there were talks happening every single day, but what was really lovely is we'd go to this beach and some of the best insights happened at the beach. And I used to say, if you really want to know yourself, mm-hmm. it's dead simple. Just go to a beach and just sit, at the, sit yeah. there at the edge of the ocean and keep looking at it until something pops open. And, you know, that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, as as you know, and have a great disdain for gurus. I kind of noticed, <laughs> right? And I and I and I love you, okay. which is a paradox in itself. Yeah, I'm, okay. but I'm not a guru. I'm the just reason the is just going through life talking to people. You know, what I mean, that's it. Of yeah. course, that's why. Yeah. That's the that's the reason. Mm-hmm. And you're so authentic. Plus, your backstory. If somebody doesn't know your story. Your even spiritual inclination started mm. with a heartbreak. Yeah, of course. Which is damn fascinating. If you really think about it, I, I, I remember doing a talk once and I said, look, all the great all the great spiritual journeys start off with heartbreak. Some girl goes breaks your heart. And that's it. You go, hold on, there's something going horribly wrong here. And you know, and then you're gonna watch Kutch Kutchwata and then you're gonna probably watch DDLJ and you're thinking, how does Shadow <laughs> get it so right and I've got it so wrong? And then that kind of creates an inquiry, but then you realize that that Bollywood type of love isn't actually real. But then you can even ask yourself the question, mm-hmm. what is, you know, what is love? You know, what what is it all about? And I think it's just this mm-hmm. singular, you know, I, I always say that to talk of two in love is, is a sin. Because I think what we're seeing in love now is people are falling in love with other images. I see you, you look absolutely amazing. I fall in love with you, she falls in yeah. love with me. And then what happens is when the masks slip, we go, oh God, you're not who I fell in love with. And it creates conflict. And I think if we could just be original to ourselves, we'd find that quite possibly the the ideal partner would just attract themselves in. And sometimes they don't have to be that whole, you know, Dilwale Dulhanya Lejange kind of a person. It can be someone who totally, yeah. you know, like totally triggers the absolute daylights out of you, even starts you on a journey. So, you know, I... You know, I've, I've, I've met some incredible people in my life. And, you know, I've loved some incredible people in my life. And yeah. I think the ones that have really, what's really been loved are the ones that have really, you know, like helped you change as a person. And not because they're asking you to change. Because almost like their mere presence makes you want to be better. But in that being better, you exactly. recognize that human as you. You kind of go, oh my God, this is literally me yeah. in another form. And then there isn't that separation. Yeah. And I think that's love. You know, it, you literally take on the attributes of your beloved. But I think that's something 
again, you know, we, we live in this real Instagram culture now and it's all about looking right and, you know, being all superficial and, you know, saying things like interesting and, oh, really, you know, and, and then we wonder why there's conflict. There's conflict because we ourselves are reinforcing the barrier of I, but not the actual I, the, the theory. And that's why I say to people, have you ever met yourself? You're defending an identity which is which is which is based on a lot of ideas which aren't real. So then ask yourself, what is real? And then allow yourself to inquire yourself, and and allow yourself to throw that away as well, because you know the actual guru exists in you. There is only one guru; it's you. And that responsibility. The great lesson. The great lesson is. Everything outside yourself is just a mirror pointing back exactly. to you. Exactly. Yes. How yeah. beautiful is that's that? Why, that's why I, Wherever I, I, go, I, I love sitting myself. with you. Mm. Yeah, I love sitting with you when I'm sitting with you. First of all, I don't have a feeling that you're not sitting with me. You're sitting somewhere here. I mentioned it last time as mm. well. You're kind of sitting mm. on a pedestal and you joke around that a lot. So... I, so it, it's, should, it's like, so important, because... but, but this is why it's so important to have a, a, a really normal conversation. I remember I was talking to this guy who comes to meetings and lovely guy, you know, he, he's one of life's amazing people. Like everything's a war with this guy, but he's always one. And what happened was at a very young age, he got cancer and he lost his leg. They had to cut his leg off. And he was told, you're never going to have a family. You're never going to have children. And he's got all of this. And he runs an IT company as well, which is incredible. I don't know how he does it. And he was diagnosed with cancer again, like second time round. And I'm talking away to him and I'm like, you know, why don't you just pick up the phone to me? Why don't we just tap, chat? And he was like, you know, if I'm really honest, I've got you on a pedestal, I'll pull my pedestal. I was like, well, I don't do anything to do that. He goes, yeah, he goes, I, I know. It's because it's just something in me. And then at the end, I was like, look, can you stop getting cancer, please? Because I really need somebody to make tea on my talks and stuff. So can you hurry up and get rid of this, please? And we had a good laugh about it. And the beautiful thing is, you know, it, it then disappeared. He'll stop after two legs. He just has only two legs. <laughs> this, this is it. Do you know what I mean? So the, the funny thing is... He right? has to stop. <laughs> you have to stop swimming. <laughs> but, but the beautiful thing is it's, it's when you watch people struggling with themselves, it's a beautiful thing. You know, when you see people actually really struggling to end that duality. And I think that's where, can you sit exactly. with people like intimately and authentically as opposed to, I know something... I'm on, it's, it's like right now, there are more people showing up at talks and what's naturally occurring is I'm finding myself backing away from people, but that's what feels natural. But I remember the first talk I did, normally what happens is the talk's finished, we all go for a drink or we go for a meal and cause untold amounts of trouble and mm-hmm. stuff, you know. And all of a sudden one day it was like, no, you just got to walk away at the end of the talk now. And I remember just going, what's going on here? Then I found my communication was getting more general as well. And I thought, okay, what's going on? But mm-hmm. I think that's where we have to constantly honor authenticity. What we will then find is we'll find people who actually like us. If I'm an image, we wouldn't be doing this. If you were an image, we, you know, we, we've built a friendship over the last two years, as, as well as this. You know, we've had some crazy times, you yeah. know, sitting in coffee shops and recording stuff. And, but it, again, it's always about the, the purpose of this is to, to say, know thyself. You know, know thyself yeah yeah one of the principles i have is friendship over guruship mm. i know <laughs> i've got the instagram clip on my page um but but that was what was so lovely i mean i've, I've got people in my group who know you 
and they just love your energy. They they absolutely love the fact that there's this young guy out there and he's doing things. But what's what's beautiful? Well, once upon a time, my average demographic was 60, 70, went to India, sat with a guru and had a dusty copy of the Bhagavad Gita and said, well, you know, and, and it was a very theological kind of conversation. And what I'm finding now is there's a younger generation coming through and they know things. They know things I don't know. So there's an education I'm getting myself because I don't know about. But yeah. for me, it's a real honor to be able to talk to someone and, and, and possibly maybe have an impact on their life. So that they don't make the mistakes that we've made. You know, they say that a wise man. Yeah, no, not mistakes. to put all this away. Mm. There's nothing wrong with taking inspiration. Mm. Inspiration mm. is the most beautiful thing yes. a human being yes. can, you know, give to mm. another mm. human being or mm. take from another mm. human being. It's just an imitation which fucks everything up. It's we we and live in a culture this, of you know sense now. of eth- sense of authority which you get from some people mm. you know they're sitting on a pedestal trying to so mm. tell you something and their tone of voice is kind of you know you've got to ask what they're trying to tell just, you you've got to ask what they're trying to tell you and and you yourself be, uh, become a judge of that and if it's wrong then walk away literally walk away i i've had people who would probably you know turn around to and say don't interview this guy He's like this, this, and this. So what you can do is you can take responsibility. You can say, why am I being triggered by this? And I remember we had a conversation about this. You know, if you really want to find why out. Why I'm here in the you know, first place. Yeah, why am I here in the first place? What I'm doing here I, in the I, first I, place. I would say yeah. if there's a teacher out there that really bothers you, go and sit with him. Literally go and sit with him. Mm-hmm. And sit there with that uncomfortableness because that's what's going to happen. He may be oblivious. He may have his 10,000 followers in the room and everything all screaming, we love you, we love you. But use that opportunity to sit down and go, why am I triggered? What is what is really getting me about this guy? And that might bring up anxiety, might bring up anger, may bring up anything. But see it as a gift you're giving yourself. Have a reaction. Most people are so conditioned. This not is to something have we have a term, we have a term for mm. this between us. Yes. And you have mentioned this throughout oh, this I, podcast okay, right. and that literally is the antidote to all this like all this mm. fucking guruships mm. out there mm. all mm. this you know uh, conditioning out mm. there and there's just two words mm. stay meta right yeah okay and <laughs> can you explain okay well that is that's what no, you're talking okay, about when right, you're right. See, when you're so so, so how what do you mean you, by how, that how can you stay meta by by being with yourself by being present by being present and, and living exactly. in that presence constantly. Now, the beautiful thing about that presence is that presence doesn't require you to do anything. Like it's effortless. It's, I would say that breathing is much more complicated than, than being in that place of metta, which is a Buddhist term and everything from what I've heard. But it's, and it's, it's our natural way of being. And it's recognizing that, but then also letting go of that as well. And what I mean by letting go of that is that where, there is where, where, do it, even be where it all starts, mm. a person who's heavily conditioned cannot stop thinking, mm-hmm. just thinks about all that, reacts. So all it's, the time, it's dead you know, simple. Even in traffic, it's, even it's in house. That's simple, an average it's, person, it's, right? It's, it's dead simple than acknowledging. If I acknowledge, okay. so you and I meet for the first time and you walk into a room and, you know, like, I don't know, you're moving at 300 miles per hour. And after the talk, you know, you got to meet your girlfriend, and then after that, you got to go shopping, and you got to watch a movie, and then you got to do a pod, and you got to do this and this and this and this. I'm not going to engage that. I won't engage it. I, I, I just won't engage it. All I'll engage is you. 
And what will happen is if I engage you, this place of this place of presence, what you'll find is your story will just melt away. Because my premise is that you're the perfection you're seeking right now. So one of us is lying here. And what happens is people come and they want you to acknowledge their pain, their suffering, and their story, that it's real. And most of the times, upon examination... Well, I'm, I'm asking, yeah. like, suppose no, somebody, no, this is, this, no, this somebody is, is listening... Mm-hmm. No, but this is what I'm saying. Somebody this is listening to, yeah. to that podcast who is that person, right? And yeah. he has a teeny bit of that meta-ness in... And that's all I'd focus on. That's all I'd focus on. That is all I would focus on. Everything else doesn't bother me. What he needs to do with he doesn't need he to, needs do to go from here. He doesn't need to do anything. He doesn't even need to recognize it. And if he's really interested, talk to me. Then what? Or talk to me. nothing. Nothing. But why would I acknowledge a story? Why would I buy into the narrative of something needs to be done here? When this in fact your ve- for, 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 for whereas your very actual being is already in this space. And it's not a little bit, it's literally everything is coming from that space. And in and acknowledging that in you, I'm almost in a sense helping you give yourself permission to, to stay there. So I recognize you as perfection. That's it. It doesn't matter what the story is telling me. It doesn't matter how many questions it asks me. If you look at this podcast compared to the last part, podcast, it was frenetic. It was frenetic. I'm starting to talk and you're jumping in and then I'm like, I'm trying to make a point. I'm jumping in. And now if you look at it, there's been pauses in our conversation. I'm actually speaking slower. Whereas that last podcast, oh my God, it was like, we need to. But even then, there was just like, I am focusing on you. You as you actually are. And that's what created this conversation. Otherwise, if I bought into your story and said, yeah, Sean, you really suffered. You know, stay, stay meta, dude. You know what I mean? Everything. And you know what? You've got to like, ascend to the mountaintop and everything. If I buy that, then I am literally feeding your story. So the only thing I would say to someone is focus on the perfection that you already are. This podcast is to show you that you are what you believe. In those moments of possibility, when you ascend to these heights that you can't even believe, it's actually true. Those dreams that you've got, they're actually true. Can you sit with the uncomfortableness and action? That's why I'm saying, you know, I, I, I did the whole working, all of that stuff eight, nine years ago. I'm lying there in bed on a Monday morning. I've got a new job that I'm starting. It's going to be great. It's going to be lots and lots of money and everything. And I realize I can't do it. And yet now I'm building something. And, you know, I've got a great set of people around us. We're getting to more people. And it's the same thing. You are that. That's all That's all I would how say. Does, to the, how does staying meta helps you ascend? It allows me to live. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm actually living. Can you say the same thing? Because while there's this something is missing, you're not alive. You're not really there and present with the moment. I'll, I'll give you an example. You're looking at a guy who tried to kill himself. So there was a suicide attempt early on in my life. Went through depression for many years. I've now written two books. I go up and down the UK, across Europe. I'm doing things I never thought. Because what's happened is I'm being constantly shown my story is not real. And don't get me wrong, it's not an easy life, but God, am I happy. I'm really happy. You know, I've been loved, hated, venerated, you know, like being pushed into the gutter and everything, but I'm living. How many can say that they're living? How many can say that they are taking that hero's journey? 
Because in that hero's journey, the hero does not defer to somebody else. He only takes responsibility for himself. I'm alive. I'm alive. And we can examine that as well because we can even examine what does it mean to be alive? And that doesn't mean, yes, I'm going out on a Friday night with this really hot chick that I met on Instagram and everything and blah, blah. That's the superficiality of it. I can actually be with myself. As you said at the beginning, you know, to sit there causes anxiety. Then that's what you do. You sit there. That's, that's, that's a, a real path of a warrior to be able to sit with the uncomfortable and to embrace the uncomfortable, which shows us our limits are not real. That's actual climbing. I love it. To meet yourself. Mm, that's that actual is... climbing. Not like, okay, guess why I accumulated wealth? There's, there's wealth. There's wealth. And there's, that there, there's makes abundance. you more meta in life. Oh, it's that's practical. We need we, to we've realize. got to de-emphasize the fact that what's being pointed to here is some kind of a thing that you do in a meditation hall in the presence of a guru because it will never be practical. This affects every aspect of your being from when you are sitting, sleeping, standing up, lying around, yeah. your interactions with people. I'm not going to come off this podcast and say, right, okay, time to take the public speaker, you know, like face off and everything and, and start ranting and raving. It is effortless. I, I sometimes have people at the end of talks, sometimes we'll go for a meal or we'll go for a wander. And it's literally saying to them, whatever's happening in the room is actually happening in life as well. And it's not being done as a teacher because that's mm -hmm. who I am. I mean, God, some of the stories and some of the like the jokes that get played in the group is hilarious. I mean, there's one I'm playing out at the moment where I'm trying to find out who's spreading rumors in my group. It's actually me. And everybody laughs their head off about it because they know it's me. I'm like, I need to know who this person is. We can't have this kind of behavior going on because it's being able to be completely innocent and being childlike, but at the same time, I can have the most deeply intense theological discussion as well. What's now happening, and it's about honoring that, is there's, there's, there's ideas being explored. And we explored a bit about infinite possibilities. And it's kind of saying, it's an invitation to talk. But in that invitation to talk, it's not about, I want to impose my ideas on you. It's like, let us sit here and have a conversation, because it's the hardest thing in the world to do. Like, I've recently been playing with someone, and I'm really... I wish we'd got it recorded the other day when we were talking because it was literally about questions. You know, help people fashion the right question and give them the right answer. Create that conversation. So sometimes people ask me a question and it's really superficial. So you almost, in a sense, answer that at that level. And it's saying when we talk and we have conversation, that conversation can deeper. But in that conversation, we can end the duality that there is a you and a me here. Then we're experiencing this matter. And what we realize is this experiencing of this meta is who we actually really are constantly. And it's not something that we need to do. It's something that's occurring naturally. We can then be really patient and explore the territory that we're in. Which is why sitting then becomes very, very, very simple. And you've done that and I've done that. And, and that's why, yes, we haven't recorded a podcast in two years. The podcast died because you were like kind of, well, not died, but it was like, okay, I need to take some time. If we can yeah. tell people that they don't have to rush, that's the most important gift you can give someone. They call it meditation now, or they call it mindfulness. And it's becoming a huge industry. And it's becoming a huge industry because we're, we just need to stop. And yeah, there's an immediacy just saying stop. Just stop. The bubble needs to burst now. Sorry? Yeah, oh, the bubbles got bubble to needs to burst. There now. was no bubble to yeah. burst. Yes, it's it's about having intelligent yeah. conversations, and one of the things that we can do when we we're on this healing journey or we're we're seeking is that we then take one set of ideas and replace them with another set of ideas and believe we're going somewhere.
So, okay, I'm now not going to buy the narrative of working for a living and doing the corporate thing or being yeah. middle class or upper class and everything. I'm now going to get spiritual. You've just taken one set of beliefs off for another set of beliefs. Yeah. You know, I'm known as a spiritual teacher and yet I have an interest in polo. It doesn't make sense. Why? Because one day I was like, okay, I fancy going to one of these matches. I had the most incredible conversations with people that are very corporate that we would go, oh my God, this is really horrible. So you allow life to take you wherever. And from that place of inspiration, we do our greatest work. You have said that they are trying to attain spirituality, but spirituality is about letting go. I found it immensely fascinating. And yeah, that's like what our conversations are about. We are kind of, kind of trying to. It, it's like that man looking say, for gold. He keeps digging, keeps digging until he yeah. gets to his destination, and it's you let go until you find that place that can't be let go of. And you'll know you won't need a guru to confirm that to you. You yourself will know. So you won't need somebody to say, "Yes, your chakras are now in perfect alignment." I can see, or you know, you have done enough meditation now that you have hit some level. You yourself will know that's empowering, and it won't be something that's conditional on somebody. You will need a certificate of enlightenment or somebody saying you have to teach this methodology you are totally free the the, the the free man or woman is a very very powerful thing because it's compassion in the truest sense and then there can only really be love but not in some i don't know bollywood way we're, we're talking the actual thing yeah and then everything occurs naturally with us You know, if if we if we go by yeah, our yeah. conversations, we were meant to have this raucous, mad interview where we're killing each other and we're having a laugh, but we have to wonder what's going on here. And what's going on here is I'm seeing this young man coming into himself. And that's the exciting thing. He is coming into himself. He is asking himself the questions. He's not taking on, okay, I know Zaheer and, you know, or I know so-and-so and they're really, and I have to listen to him. Yes, listen, but reject whatever is, you know, I think... I think Bruce Lee said it best when he said, accept what is useful and reject what is useless. And if we could take that attitude, how wonderful would life be? But at the same time, I'm also saying on the other side that as I'm changing, I myself am receiving an education. I myself am a student right now because I've got people who are younger coming in. And they're different. They're from a different time. No, I know. And it's beautiful. For me, and I know for you as well, in many ways, these conversations are meditative. Hmm. it's more what's happening inside of me than what's coming from you so something coming from you yes. but yes. i'm also being I'm, aware I'm, of I'm okay, watching what's somebody inside of me something. when it's coming i'm i'm watching somebody do yeah. something and that's incredible to me if there is a payoff to this i say if you hmm. want to honor any teacher or if you really want to pay me it's that simple wake up wake up to your reality that's the ultimate payment now. Get you know, meta. Oh, get meta. stay there. Realize there is no meta. Even get stay rid of meta. that as well and everything. I know you won't do the t-shirts, but let's even get rid of that as well. But but my point is, it's that's what I'm seeing. I mean, you know, there's a connection. There was a connection made what, two years ago. There was an interview. It was frenetic. It was absolutely crazy. It was appreciated. It was really, really appreciated. And then... You know, we somehow kept in touch and then we've lost touch and we've kept in touch. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's talk again. But now it's almost like we're going into that realm of actual inquiry and we're starting to talk. 
but what's lovely is the insights. Like I said, I mean, you know, I can do what I do because I'm learning as I'm speaking. I'm literally learning as I'm speaking. When, when a room comes in, literally the room creates the talk. When people come in and the different energies and the different stories are literally, you're being taught in real time. And that being taught in real time is a singular. For me, I can tell you, the, there's, a, there's something meta about podcasting as well, mm. is letting the letting your guest mm. be themselves and not, you know, putting your story onto them. And there's an art mm. to that. I used to struggle a mm. lot when I started mm. the podcast, mm. just putting my perception onto the guest. Mm. And I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm mm. getting... Hmm. better at that i'm getting better at understanding and that's the metaness we are talking about that happens through experience i, I think, think i think podcasts are becoming something popular else, because people are talking now and we, we've lost conversation i think the next generation exactly. of podcasts won't be this the next generation of podcasting will be two people talking and it will remind us right. you know th there's been a few interviews that are in the pipeline and it's been more like, can we have a conversation? Don't want to interview, can we have a conversation? Yes, because I think what's happening mm -hmm. is with email and texting and Snapchatting and TikToking, our communication has become very one-dimensional. And in that sense, there's more opportunities for misunderstanding now. I think listening to two and people And there's a thirst for real conversations, you know, out there. Like, oh, real, people are lonely. People are lonely. It's terrifying. It's absolutely heartbreaking and terrifying when you hear somebody say, I'm lonely. But they've got a smartphone, they've got thousands of followers on Instagram and, 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 and they, and they can't form the world human connections. It's absolutely terrifying. And I think this is, this is something that your generation will struggle with. And I think that's why it's so important to start that conversation. If you look at any of these great spiritual traditions, there were people who came together and pondered. They they ask questions. They didn't say, "Okay, benevolent guru over there knows the ideas." That didn't happen. It was like everybody came together in the spirit of cooperation, and to end that separation. And I think what's what's really interesting is this new generation is disconnected, and it's disconnected because it has access to everything. You know, we there's a saying. I think we know the price of everything, but the value of nothing. And it's terrifying. People are lonely. People are lonely. And yes, okay, the, the internet offers an opportunity to connect with people around the world. And yet, we mm. can't connect with our neighbor. We can't connect with those in our vicinity. So in a sense, there's a positive to this. There's also a negative. But the thing is, can we talk? Miscommunication is rife now. Social media was meant to bring this together, but it's polarized us. It's polarized us even mm. more into I am, you're not. You know, and then it's actually affected our behavior as well. And it's affected our behavior because we're then looking at everybody else and we're trying to keep up with everybody else. That's why going back to your comment earlier on, it's like, you know, have you ever met yourself? Have you ever lived? Have you actually lived, you know? And that's where you can see that social media reinforces our stories. It's reinforcing a story right here, which is, oh, this guy's a hair can't know something. And it's being aware of that. So again, I can smash meta, this image if I need to. Yeah. From a meta level awareness. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
what <laughs> what is social media again it's Amazing. just it's just an echo chamber again. it's an echo chamber it's, it's a way it's a, it's a, it's mirror, a way no. this it's, it's a, a way this reality is trying just to the understand guru. itself yeah so so so, a, the, so then see it as a guru and what is social media saying to us it's saying to us that we're disconnected now it's saying to us that we're being no, taken into little echo chambers. What do you think it's saying? It's just a reflection of your brain. So yes, that's which, which is, is which when is you the, open but, your. But this, but this, what I'm saying, social media is showing us our disconnection. It's showing us our disconnection. We created it. Is example what like AI? It's showing we, us we, well, if you look at it right now, there's all these different media platforms. It's all about, if you look at the behavior mm -hmm. that we're seeing on social media, if it's a mirror, it tells us how disconnected we have become as people. It's shown us how we've become, we're coveting things now as people. It's all about our possessions. It's all more about the image than what's actually real. So you can have somebody doing no, something. I'm really not talking amazing. about, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not mm -hmm. talking about, mm -hmm. uh, the group of I, I, th I think what social what media is showing us is, is that true. we're fragmented. We're fragmented now, and but no, on that a whole, offers us on a, a huge. Whole, I agree yeah, with no, that. No, 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 I'm not no, 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 no. But what, no, but what I'm saying is, it also shows us that there's an opportunity to know ourselves. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's an opportunity to know ourselves. It's also showing us that there's an opportunity exactly. to know ourselves. Exactly. It's it's showing us that we're broken. Well, the idea of brokenness is happening, and yet this reality I'm, I'm not, is actually, on both sides of the mirror. I'm I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not arguing you. Mm. I'm saying what you're mm. saying is absolutely correct on a whole. Mm. That is true. It's showing us how lonely we are. It's showing us. Uh, I'd, I'd like to add something to it. It's, show, it's showing us on a story level. On a story level? On a story level, yeah. On the story that there's somebody who thinks they're lonely. There's somebody who feels that like they're unloved. There's somebody who doesn't like themselves. Which is why then, if we go back to the thing prior to social media, prior to mind, prior to AI, mm -hmm. we see that we're holding, we're connected. So th this is always known. This is always known. And if we look at AI and we look at social media, it's the mind's attempt to understand reality. So I remember having this amazing conversation with this elderly gentleman and I said, AI will fail in the end. And he was like, no, that's just, you know, how? And I go, because it's created from a human mind, which has limitations. Our natural way of being encompasses the mind. It's not just the mind. So something limited is built, something limited. But even that's an invitation back home. Right. It's an invitation back home. So we, 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 we live. Bound to fail. We, yeah. we, exactly. So you said something really important. It's bound to fail. So your guru is going to yeah, fail. Eventually. Your self-help is going to fail. Eventually. eventually, right. So the point of this is to speed up that process now to the point where you go, this is useless. Mm -hmm. And that's where real introspection happens. That's where a real connection with, with self occurs, only to realize there's only connection. So we've somehow managed to bring it full circle that ultimately we've got to realize this all fails. But what doesn't fail, and that is what yeah. you are. So that person who's running around at 300 miles per hour, there is something in me which has never failed. Okay. And that's who you actually are. Yeah. And th the whole point of this work is to actually point that to, you know, point that out to people that you are that. What you seek is what you are. You're looking for something outside yourself. And the funny thing is the thing that's, the thing that is, is just pretending to be looking outside. Can we stop this nonsense and this play that we're playing out? 
Because then what happens is we may realize that our pain is not real, our suffering is not real, our need for healing is not real, that it is just life. Mm-hmm. One of the definitions, which is one of my favorite saying of yours is, you said, that's for, we can use the word either enlightenment, but I like yeah, to use yeah. staying meta. Yeah, staying meta. Enlightenment is just too boring. Stay, stay, staying meta is our thing, isn't you know, it? Nobody like, has updated it. It's like I, iPhone version one. Yeah, then, I, <laughs> like, I, I think, no, I think what it was is, and this is, this is one of the things I love is that over time when we've talked, we found our way of looking at it. So, you know, I remember, like, I, I remember the first podcast and I said something and you went, dude, that's meta level. And I was like, no idea what he's going on about, but solid, let's go with it. And then Meta took on something. So, you know, instead, we, we can de-emphasize it. Okay, enlightenment sounds like quite a big, expansive, we're sitting on the mountaintop kind of a statement. Meta's a bit more, a bit more approachable, you know, and and I think that's it's what like happens. It's practical, it's like everyday thing. It's like... This is like nothing but level, practicality. My, this is nothing but practicality. My I, definition I, of yeah. Meta, my definition <laughs> of Meta is... yeah. Seeing right now that I'm sitting in a room, sitting in a room, but yes. also seeing that I'm sitting on a room, like climbing the mountain, yes. but also I'm the eagle which is watching the mountain. Yes. That's all meta is. You're it's just watching, living with if, if you If you look at it that way, living. then, then meta is the, 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 the understanding that I am that paradox. That I am the mountaintop exactly. and I'm also climbing. Exactly. So I'm journeying. So if you look at this way, I'm journeying. I'm getting older, I'm having insights, and yet really what I am is now. And I think realization is, is the paradox result. The end of seeking is the paradox result in which I will continue making content, but continue seeing the futility of it all. I will continue doing talks, knowing that they're helping, but they're not helping. And there will be a joy. You at, said at we're seeking, mind. You said we're seeking stops and seeing starts. Mm, seeing is amazing. Matter. It's it's like opening your eyes and you go, wow, oh my God. And the reason we seek is because we literally, it's literally running around with the blindfold on. And it's taking that mm-hmm. blindfold off and seeing the complete picture. And I think that's when it gets very interesting. And there's just been seeing. And that seeing is absolutely incredible. That see, there's, there's an... As the Bhagavad Gita says, it's ever fresh, ever new. There's just a wow. There's just a perpetual, mm-hmm. or in your case, there's a woe. But the woe, we realize, is always occurring whoa. here. Yeah, woe. The funny thing is, Inside you. somebody has recently appeared who uses the word woe a lot. So know that when they hear this, they'll have a big smile on their face. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, and it is literally about saying to people, yeah, you're enough. You are. And, and I think that's why this happens. It happens out of love. There, there are infinitely Every, better ways to be living your they life. They have to know if, if, they're, if they're listening, mm. I have a message for them. Okay. Every <laughs> woe, every woe is an opportunity to become more meta. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And stay meta. There we go. We're going to have to have the mobile phone calls with that written on it. But yeah, um, yeah that, that's what's amazing about it. This is the whole thing. The the, yeah. the the woes lead to this one woe, and that woe is is there forever. It's literally like I think as we were saying earlier, it's just going back, visiting let, that let's place. Talking about woe, hmm. let let me also talk about the ultimate woe. Hmm. 
<laughs> which is you said you said the joke is that you get there to realize that you are already there yeah th- this is all That's a joke the ultimate wow this this like, is wow. yeah this is this is a joke you 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 you're so serious and i'm just saying this just channel uh-huh. you're so serious your pain is so real you you your healing is so needed and you know you need to tell everybody about it and then what happens is you go on that healing journey mm-hmm. so you've got to beat everybody up about that as well that you're just trying to heal from your traumatized inner child and it's also mm-hmm. serious until we see the transparency of the story when we see that the story isn't real and when we see the story isn't real we realize it was a joke it was it's almost like sometimes people can cry sometimes people laugh most of the time there's this real sense of relief you just kind of see people just sigh and go because it's basically saying i can stop pretending now and i can stop pretending is so powerful and that's when you can see like literally you can see when somebody's wearing their story they walk in wearing their story they walk in wearing this pair of clothes believing it's the only pair of clothes that they'll ever wear and yet they've got you know a, a, an entire wardrobe and it's incredible because you are going to absolutely beat the living daylights out of everybody around you until you reach the holy land your floor is that you don't want to reach the holy land because you've put the holy land into the future because there won't always be something to resolve you know that proverbial peeling back the layers of the onion there will always be another layer and if there isn't another layer you'll find another layer and the whole point of someone who is living that reality is to say stop and in that stopping everything drops away then we don't talk about healing or trauma it's nonsense oh god okay and i know there's going to be people trigger about how dare you my pain is real my suffering is real examine it examine it really examine it because the story of me contained everything heartbreak depression fell suicide attempt you know financial loss you know mental breakdowns everything and okay fine and now you see it's just a story even well, to the point is, where where is that story right now what story, is the actuality story, of the story, story if we the examine that story was that i was sitting on the side of a hill looking for myself and yet i was there it was the story is a distraction from who you are and what we do is we embellish the that's story that's what I, that's that's what i'm getting into mm. Where is that story right now? Right, the story right, right now, now for me. That's not a reality. Yes. No, it's not. No, no, not for no, you. It's not. Like it's not. No, it's not. Who's saying? Yes, it's not. It's not a reality. Can you recognize that? Because then the story just goes back to being a story. It's just something that allows you to function through this thing called life. And when when we can accept that, that story becomes very efficient in allowing us to function through life. seeing it for what it is oh, rather than having totally. the emperor's new clothes the emperor's new clothes or realization is that child pointing at the emperor and saying he's not wearing anything the mass delusion is that the emperor is wearing everything he's wearing the most beautiful you know like outfit so the mass delusion we see in society is that this story that we've embellished that we've made absolutely amazing is real realization is just that child that goes it's not real and we don't like it it's just we, a memory in my head oh it's it's just it's just a memory somewhere i don't even know if there's a head there anymore because i think there was an amazing writer who wrote something and you know most most head. funny thing about memory mm. is one of the most fascinating fact i learned about mm. 
memories that every time you recall a memory you change it yes so every time you're thinking about your own so, story so you said you're manipulating it really really important so every time you think about it the story changes firstly who thinks about it so there is somebody in control and that's mm -hmm. what i'm referring to that thing actually in control is who you actually are so stop living in the story step out and observe the story and you'll realize that something is observing this mind something is observing this story and that's who you actually are that thing which is prior to the story and that created that the story. will I'll say that fine. will free you to see infinite possibilities yes. talk to me a little Be bit because, about because, because, then, because then what happens is you realize that none of it's real and because none of it's real you don't have to then invest in any particular viewpoint you can be open to every viewpoint it allows you to have that joy of discovery it allows you to trust that life will just take care and that trust will deepen but in that trust deepening you will see yourself more and more so you are that thing prior to the story prior to the mind in that place anything exists so the story can be changed the story the narrative can change so you know a year ago the narrative changed to i don't want to speak about this i'm just going to go and do normal things that was absolutely fine now the narrative is there's a guy who's taken a bit of time off he's now talking about this but he has a life outside this so this is wonderful don't get me wrong this is absolutely wonderful but i do things outside this now and i'm really enjoying that but that's because what i found is as we accept ourselves our capacity increases our bowl becomes bigger so what may happen is one day you're running a podcast successfully you know i don't know running another business you will find that your story is not real the thing that i found in this was that when seeking stopped and seeing started my narrative my story stopped being real because i was constantly showing that the story is not real which then saw me pushing the limits of that story and it occurred naturally so you know your suffering although so so real all those years ago has been disproven because if it was true you wouldn't be running a podcast now because when we're in the depths of suffering we 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 get up every morning and we can't be bothered to face life and we aren't taking care of ourselves and we can go days in the same clothes or not brush our teeth or we hate ourselves when we are constant so i don't know where i go but wow i'm so excited by that and that wow doesn't mean oh just excitement uh, there's going to be fear there's going to be trepidation mm -hmm. there's going but if we can sit with our insecurities like sit with our suffering we find that once suffering is which is a gift gives us a lesson that we want that suffering created this so it was a gift you gave to yourself yeah and rather than looking for opportunities which are never coming your way you start realizing all the opportunities which were already there in yeah. the room you were sitting so all that time so, so, thinking of those opportunities right. which that character wanted and and know? all those opportunities then basically means every door is open and life mm. because you're not separate from life would always pick the best particular one at that any time so in that sense mm. the idea of personal ownership dies it doesn't need to be here and in that sense then separation isn't there and we're free this is so profound man it's so profound mm. this is crazy 
if somebody can understand this and that's where oh, I you understand this because this started. is the, this is the it's a lot of people I, I had this woman come to a talk and she she appears as on how and somebody asked her why did you come to these talks and she said when I first came here what he was talking about was really complicated and then she just went no but it makes sense and just tailed off the reason this makes sense is because this doesn't talk to a mind it talks to what we actually truly mm. are that what you true you've already recognized yourself your very being here negates the position that anything is missing because we've always known we're this knowing we're this actual okay. infinite possibilities infinite consciousness and all we do when we talk is just explore the terrain it's it's a useless conversation but it's the most useful conversation as well paradox oh and we will we can have another one on paradox which we will oh I, I would <laughs> love to get into this yeah no that, that would be fun that would it's be one fun. of the most yeah that would be really fun talking about yeah. paradoxes and your relationship to paradox and how paradox move you to silence that's that what fascinates me how when a paradox is presented to you your mm. mind becomes silent what the fuck I don't have any answer to that. I'll tell you what's really interesting <laughs> about this podcast, which has really got me, is you you swore like mad. It's great. I've never you've read really, every so I've trained myself. Experience. I've trained myself to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm training I'm, myself to do that for seriously? last two years uh-huh. while you were gone. Uh-huh. I'm sitting there just cursing, cursing, cursing. Just it's, it's so got, I mean, it's, it's so got got as long as I curse, we're gonna. And, and the, the funny podcast. thing is, I've not even really said that. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird and stuff. But yeah. yeah, I mean, this this is where we're at now. This is where we're at, and on where we're at. Stay fucking meta. That's the whole <laughs> lesson. Zahir's philosophy is stay fucking meta. There you go. Now I've got people speaking for me. But there you go. Perfect. <laughs> That's the new T-shirt. Stay here. Stay fucking meta. It's gotta be done. It's gotta <laughs> be done. <laughs> Fuck Buddhism, all that spirituality, what not. Stay meta. It's it's an art. Is the terms are needed till they're not needed anymore. And and I think that's where it gets really interesting because then you're you're just grappling with something very limited to try to to describe the unlimited. The describing the indescribable is is the paradox of all paradoxes. You know, you're there knowing you're never going to get this right. No, but as much as you as much as you say that, as much as you say that that all this is not needed. I really appreciate your time, and I really appreciate the reminders you have through your. Social media posts, mm. putting things on Facebook, mm. putting things on YouTube, all and just being you. Mm. Uh, I remember you saying that it's all the finger pointing towards the moon, but we mm. need the finger, right? We need yes. reminders. Yes. Mind, you know, until we reach that level with that, we are always yeah meta. But I, until I, we I, are, I think you know what is what's what's beautiful is that I remember like when I first started, I was just this insecure guy. And I would speak every Wednesday night back in 2008 um, at the Glasgow Theosophical Society. And I had the pleasure of having a conversation with one of the attendees recently. And what she said to me, she goes that all we saw was a young guy. Something had happened. We weren't quite sure what happened, but something Mm -hmm. had happened. And it's like it was almost, you know, I was compelled to share. And she goes, and we were really happy to be able to sit there. So in that sense, they were really supporting me. They were really helping me. Because it was just, I, I, I'm not a public speaker. It's just, you know, it was just something that was occurring. And what I found is, you know, I, I think I asked a question many, many years ago, and that was like, if I speak, will people listen? 
And what I'm finding is more people are listening. But what's really interesting is it's what it's doing on the other side. Because I say to people, look, I can do a talk in which I can laugh and joke for three hours or a day and tell you stories. Mm -hmm. And you want to stop me doing that. And what's really lovely is there's this expectancy now. And people are actually asking me questions and I'm having to then formulate answers or really explore this terrain. And I think it's incredible, but what's beautiful is the relationships that have been built because, you know, we built a relationship two years ago and, and I was, it was, you know, it was going to be okay. Podcast done. See you later, mate. Bye. But we're building a relationship. But what's really beautiful is what I get to see here. To me, it's amazing. I've seen you change. I've, I've seen you change. And that to me is incredible. Human nature is fascinating. And when you watch people change, it's wow, it's incredible. And I think that's why, you know, life keeps crossing our paths. And what we find is that we both observe each other and go, oh, God, you've changed, I've changed. So it's, it's this beautiful barometer to see where things are, and I don't know where it goes next. And, and I think it's just, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited about that as well, where, where it will go. Mm. Thank you so much for doing this. If you have one... I don't know if you'll give some action steps, but I've decided to end these podcasts from now onward with some mm. action which people can take. There's a lot of talk out there, but less doing. So apart from burning their spiritual books, what other things they can do after Just this? be yourself. Just, just be yourself. It's the hardest thing in the world to do now, and yet it's the most important thing. Be yourself because you're enough. And when you can learn to love yourself, it's incredible how the world will love you. But stop. You know, I, I stopped a year ago and I was literally killing myself, running up and down the country. And now it's just like, you know, realize that when you fall in love with yourself, you fall in love with everything. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that's kind of almost like, oh, no, but that's so selfish. No, um, when we are able to meet ourselves as authentically and as beautifully as possible, we, we find that. It has a knock-on effect in the world as well. So, so what I find now is I, I, I love yeah. my silence. I, I love those days where I can just sit there and just, just, just sit there without any intention or, or anything. And, and life is profound and it's absolutely beautiful. And if we allow it, life will show us everything and give us everything. And in that sense, it's the most practical way of being. And I think maybe the perfect mm -hmm. antidote now what's happening in the world is just to just to be yourself and just stop yeah i would end this with so i went while researching for this podcast i went to your youtube channel and for some reason i think you posted a video four years ago it said freedom is on the other side of fear mm -hmm. So it's a fascinating video and if somebody wants to check your work out, they can go on YouTube, find your amazing videos. They are not insanely produced, but the beautiful part about them is that that's just a man who is just like you talking, sharing his experience. He's not sitting on a pedestal. He's your friend speaking directly to you from a camera. So that's fascinating about those videos. People can check that out and where else they can find you and your work on the web. Um, there's a website, fallingintothemystery.com. Um, I'm pretty much on all social media. Um, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram. X seems to be enjoying a bit of a resurgence, so I'm on there as well. Um, 
but yeah i'm just there's a contact page on the website so you know if you have any questions please feel free to get in touch and you know if you ever find yourself in in the uk come along um and you know i'll I'll do my best to have a conversation so yeah pretty much thank you so much thank you for having me on the podcast it's always a pleasure it's always a pleasure i i i'm just so glad i know I really it's taken us two that. years i, I know it's taken love two years these conversations me. and thank you i'll ask you to keep coming back let's make a stay meta it, it series would be, it would, it out would, of this it would be my it would be my There's pleasure so many rabbit holes to jump into right in front of us we just mm-hmm. need to you know it just needs to feel right as we decided mm-hmm. so whenever it feels right mm-hmm. I'm just one text away. Perfect. Let me know mm-hmm. and we'll have an another amazing conversation. Until next time, stay meta, keep on climbing. Thank you.